You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Real life. Everybody say real life. If, if, if the gospel of Jesus does not impact real life, then it's, it's powerless. And it cannot just be about heaven. Thank God it is. But the gospel, the good news, impacts us daily in the here and the now. I uh, heard the phrase years ago and I kind of adapted it as my own. And not just pie in the sky, but steak on the plate. You know, it's the here and the now. It's got to impact us in that way. So I felt strong leading and impression from the Lord uh, coming into this year, 2012, which is a year of connections in so many different ways. And right now I was thinking about this this afternoon. I was praying impact visual media. That has a lot to do with connections, all kinds of connections. But um, we, uh, I really felt impressed that for Wednesday nights the entire year. And I'll tell you what, there's enough material and issues we we could go till jesus came i think on the whole real life thing but we're purposely zeroing in uh on you could almost say this is biblical counseling and we're dealing with some tough stuff and and believe me we're going to get into some tough stuff as as time goes on too because we just have to talk about things we have to get light on things don't leave things in darkness get light on them so that people can see and some things are going to be controversial but you know what always clears up controversy? Truth. So we're headed towards some of those things. Um, I want to thank um, our team, um, the pastors that have been helping on Wednesdays, because what I'm having to do with adding Saturday night, also I'm in this master's program, uh, and you just need to know this, I can't do everything. I, I just can't. When we started the church, I thought I could, and actually I thought I was supposed to. And at one point, we were doing four Sunday morning services, a Sunday night service, a Wednesday service. I was doing weekly staff meetings. I was traveling and teaching and preaching and doing all kinds of stuff. And I'm just lucky to be alive, sane, and married, okay? And um, as you grow and mature, you kind of learn some things. You have to pace yourself, and, and, um, and I have to be ready to do... Uh, the times that I'm here, I have to really hit that. And I'm trying to add value to my life and ministry by being a lifelong learner. And um, that just doesn't come. I have known a number of pastors that got masters and doctorates over the weekend for 58 bucks. Okay. And uh, I'm just not going to do it that way. We're, we're digging it out of solid rock. So that has some real, real value. And the value is for this. I, it's not so I can get a job. I got a job. Uh, is so I can be of greater value to the kingdom to actually be able to do a better job for you. If, if I were a pilot, you would want me in ongoing training, right? You know, if I was a surgeon and so forth. And so as a pastor, um, you know, doing that. But I'm so thankful. Uh, your response has been so great. Um, we're trying to break that thing. And, and I've talked to other pastors. It happens in their church too. If they're not there, it's this. If the cat's away, the mice play kind of thing. But I'm so grateful and proud of the Wednesday night crew. You, you've gotten yourself here no matter who's speaking. And I'll tell you what, you have not been disappointed, have you? You have not been disappointed. Our team has done a great, great job. Great job. All right. Let's dive in here tonight. And... Um, 
I was about to teach you in training, but that's this weekend. All right. Uh, Here we go here. Um, I want to talk to you tonight, um, and this is absolutely, you're going to see how important this is. We're going to talk about time. Everybody say time. Now, real life, say real life. If, if you don't handle that right, it will mess up your life. If you handle that right, and I'm going to give you some takeaway tonight, your life will change tonight. Your day will start different tomorrow. This, this will change. And I'm going to tell you that any area that is not claimed of your life, that you've not contended for, Or any area of ambiguity. That's where the enemy lives. Listen to me. That's where the enemy lives. You have to to claim this. Mark this. And get this all locked in. Who it belongs to. And what you're going to do with it. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Leave that verse up if you would Terry. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Look at that and think, think with me on this. If I don't redeem the time, then my days will be evil. You're to redeem the time because they are evil so that that impact is not on you. So we must redeem the time. It literally means buying up the opportunity. Making the most of the time. Uh, buy up the time. Colossians chapter four, verse five, it says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Same phrase again, redeeming the time. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one, to everything there is a a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time for every purpose under heaven. Really what this is about is learning to live in harmony with God's rhythm of life. God has purposes for us. There are times and seasons. There are events. And what God wants for us is us to live in harmony with his rhythm for our life. And that's when it's going to work best. Now, let me illustrate something here for you. Time is what is in between eternities. We are in the dimension of time right now. There is the timeless past. That's hard for us to understand. But by faith, I totally get it. You with me? There's a God who has always existed. No one created him. Now, that's hard for us to understand because we've only been here. You know, if you've never been out of Florida, you with me? If you've never been out of Florida and we talk about mountains and you've never seen books or pictures or or movies or anything, then you think we're going to Mount Dora this weekend and see a mountain, you know, but then if you've lived out in Oregon or Colorado, you know, we, we go a lot to North Carolina and we're like, wow. But then a few years ago, I went to the Canadian Rockies and it's like, What Tennessee mountains, you know, just incredible. So it's hard for us because we only have this frame of reference. We can't understand timeless. 
because we started at a certain time. There was a countdown clock, you know, because we want to honor time. You've got time. Kids, it's time to go to bed. It's time to get up. I only got this many hours of sleep. You know, everything revolves around time. But time is the period between two eternities. And so you came out of eternity, so to speak, because your spirit came from the presence of God. And when you leave your body, you're going to go back into the presence of God. You're going to go into eternity. But for the world and mankind and human history, we are right now, we're in time. Time is made up of seasons. Seasons are divisions of time. And so throughout history, there have been dispensations and there have been seasons. But guess what? For your life, there are seasons. I wrote a book a few years ago called Seasons. That is the lens that I look through life. And I encourage people with that. You've got to be able to see life through seasons. Because it, what if you're going through something really tough right now? If you don't understand the concept of seasons, you'll think this is my life. That is not your life. That is your season. And the scripture tells us things that you can do to come out of that season. And if it's a great season, how to prolong the season or how to gather seed and harvest from that season to put into the next season. So this is real important how we use time. Now, here's a statement that I want you to get. Life is made up of time. That's what life is. Life is made up of time. So get this statement. How we spend our time shows how we spend our Let's do it again. How we spend our time shows how we spend our life. And how you spend anything shows what you value. And what you your values always reflect your priorities. So I want to go through those three things again. How you spend your time is how you spend. It shows how you spend your life and whatever you spend, be it money, time, whatever, that always shows what you value and your values always reflect your priorities. What's important to you. And so we've got to view this a little bit uh, and consider these things. Now, a lot of times this is called time management, but I want to move it up a level and call it tonight time stewardship because we're believers. Listen, if it's just time management, then you're just kind of managing, taking care of some things. But if we're stewards, are we stewards? As stewards, then we're managing it for someone else to fulfill their desires. You with me? That's what a steward does. It's all God's. My life is God's. My time is in your hands. And so now I have to use my time, not just, well, okay, I'm going to manage it the best I can. No, I'm going to steward it so that truly my life is in harmony with the will, the purpose of God. Amen. Now, Time stewardship is not about being able to accomplish more. See, a lot of, a lot of times that's what people think time management is. If you manage your time right, you'll be able to do more. True. But that's not really what this is about. It's not just about accomplishing more. It's about establishing, get this, God's priorities in your life. It's about establishing God's priorities in your life, which is going to mean this. You're going to have to weed some things out. 
How many of you know regarding time, there's some things you're going to need to weed out? And Wednesday night church is not one of them. Well, I know I could save an hour and what? No. Because uh, that's going to show what you value. So you're going to have to weed some things out. How many of you know you're going to have to plant some things? You're going to have to nurture some things. You're going to have to make some choices. And you're going to have to choose, you ready? Regarding use of time, you're going to have to choose between what is good and bad. How many of you have ever wasted time before? Yes. How many of you have ever wasted money before? I'll never forget youth pastoring. And I took, a, I took a, my youth group, youth choir, band, took them on a tour of the southeast. This is last century. These kids are all grown and have kids now. Gosh. Um, I remember this one kid, his name was Pat. And he was just a funny kid. And he would do anything for a laugh, pretty much. And we went to some amusement park. And he spent all of his money to get a complete Indian outfit. Headdress, rubber spear, (laughs) bubba teeth. I mean, he just, uh, it was just. And then he, and he got laughs. But then he was going to starve the rest of our trip, you know. (laughs) How many of you have kind of done stuff like that, you know? Okay, so we're going to have to, with our use of time, we're going to have to decide between good and bad. And then once you decide good, you ready for this? You're going to have to decide between good, better, and best. Because it's a stewardship and it's a very, very important thing. Now, Psalm 143 verse 10 in the New Living, it says... Teach me to do your will. Because that's what this is about, okay? It's not just about being able to accomplish more. This is about establishing God's will in your life. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. Watch this. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on firm footing. So if you're after the will of God, guess what God will help you to have? Firm footing. And I think a lot of times we don't have firm footing. We're on slippery slopes because of the decisions we've made of how we're going to use time and so forth. Time stewardship makes a difference in either being timely or procrastinating. Ooh, I got a few looks on that one. Organized or disorganized. Effective or ineffective. Committed or uncommitted. Or let me add this one. Overcommitted. Fruitful or frustrated. Or here's the, here's the real crux of the matter. Margin or pressure. Now, your two main commodities, you ready for this? Your time and your money. I mean, no, everybody wants some of it. Okay. And so you have to establish margin in your time and in your finances. Because the more margin you have, the less pressure you'll have. The less margin you have, the more pressure you will have. So if you don't have margin in time... And I only want to hit this quickly because I've got some ground to cover here. If you only, if you do not have margin in time, and and this is not a house of condemnation, we're hopefully going to learn and improve as a result of time. Okay. If you're always running late, okay, that can be adjusted. Do not just say, well, that's the way I am. And that's the way my mom was and the way my dad was. No, 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 no. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time. If you're always running late or running out of time, guess what? You pretty much live under pressure. I, look at me, I hate pressure. So you know what I do? I, I create margin in my life. I'm early for everything. When I fly somewhere, I'm way early. 
Uh, my wife doesn't like that much margin, which creates pressure. You know, I'm waiting to get on the plane. Got my ticket, double-checked. I know, I probably have issues, but at least I'm on time. I'm waiting to get, and they call her Rose, and then Alicia says, you know, I think I'll go to the bathroom and get a magazine. Now? You know? But think about it. If you're on the, and I've done, I've had this happen before. You're on the way to the airport. I'm on the way to the Tampa airport. You're on I-75. And how many of you know a snail could cross 75 somewhere and we're, we're going to be backed up for six hours, you know? Even if it doesn't block the road, people are like, wow. <laughs> Children look out there. It's a large snail. And, okay. Right? Well, I've gone and the whole interstate is like, so I'm like, okay, I know other ways. I know other ways. You know, and so you try to whatever. And what, what's happening? I had plenty of margin of time. But now what's happening? Well, I just ate some of that up. Okay, and then you get in, in t- cutting through Tampa, you go through Malfunction Junction there, you know. And then, oh, no, that's all stopped up. And then you get to the airport, and then, you know, you got to go through security. And they're strip searching grandma, you know, because they. So it's like, so what's happening? You know, it's just more and more and more. Did I say that at church? I maybe forgive the pastor. Four of you. Thank you. I'm trying to keep your attention. So all this is going on. And guess what? As it's eating up your margin, what do you feel more of? Pressure. Pressure. What if you blew out a tire on the way? What if, the, what if this, 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 this creates pressure? I don't like pressure. We're not, we don't do well with extended pressure and so forth. And so why set yourself up for pressure? So in time and also in money. But tonight we're talking about, we're talking about time. There are many causes for our difficulty in being able to manage and steward our time. Um, there are unresolved emotional issues in a lot of people. There's uh, unrealistic expectations of some things that, that work in people. Uh, there's areas of undiscipline in people's lives. But here's the major root cause of why we have difficulty managing and stewarding time. You ready for this? You ready for this? It's because we don't choose to do it. We don't choose to do it. And we have to choose to do it. And I don't care what other the, whatever else the issues are, you have the power to choose to do this. Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 15 through 17, it says this. See then that you, say that's me, watch this. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but wise, redeeming the time. It did not say see that you take a class, get counseling, go through deliverance. And then redeem the time. It just says, see that you walk circumspectly. Do you know what that means? Watching all around. That you're cautious. Not paranoid, but cautious. You're, you're aware of what's going on. See that you work circumspectly, not as a fool, but as wise. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. All of those things are easily accessed by volition. That you decide, I will do this. You have to decide... To do this. And, and if, you know, people that are just 
can't get somewhere on time, I promise you, if it meant enough to you, you'll be there. You know, if they called you up and said, um, you know, we want you on the prices right tomorrow. How many of you have ever wanted to be on the prices right? Come on. My whole life. Tim Gilligan, come on down. You're the next contestant on the prices right. What if they called and said, we want to be there and it's a super, super duper showcase. You know, like we're talking billions or whatever, but you need to be here by a certain time. Guess what? You'd do it. You'd do it. You know you would. (laughs) Don't buy into the wrong thinking that there is never enough time. There is enough time. You know, our government keeps having to change limits of debt ceiling and interest rates and different things. We we have to keep adjusting because it's not enough now. It's It's not enough. Well, God has not changed anything. I'm giving you 24 hours every day. And God Almighty says, it's enough. It's enough. Take that 24 and do with the 24. Claim it. Contend for it. Mark it. Prioritize it. And then spend it. And you have to spend it. Be careful because the urgent always masquerades as the important. And then it wants your full and immediate attention. And then the real thing that is important, then you end up not having the time to do that. So you have to be very careful and watch all these things. Now, sometimes you have to let some brush fires burn. You know, you're, you're constantly and in the ministry. Oh, my goodness. You know, this is going on that and all these old things. And you have to almost be like Nehemiah. You remember Nehemiah was building the wall and everybody was trying to get him to come down off the wall. And he said, you know, what I'm doing is just too important. I cannot come down and stop doing what I'm doing to come do this. And some things you just got to let some brush fires go. Uh, In Proverbs uh, 4 in the Message Bible, it says, uh, let me get this verse because it's a good one here. Proverbs 4 verse 25 and 26 says, keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Because you're going to have constantly things trying to get your what? Time. A number of years ago, uh, flew into Bucharest, Romania. And from the instant we were in the airport, there were children who wanted your money. Let me carry that for you. They would try to pull the suitcase out of your hand and carry it for you. So you give them money and just all, all kinds of things. People constantly, constantly. And, and if, you know, people call your house and what do they want? You know, and it's either time or money. They're always after those things. So let me give you an analogy of something here real quick. And then I want to give you just a couple practical things that is going to end up. And you'd say, is this spiritual? You have no idea how spiritual this is. Now stay with me and we're going somewhere on this. We are given how many hours a day? 24. What if, and say 24 is enough. I caught you by surprise. Say it again. 24 is enough. Okay. Let's say that that 24 was actually dollars. And let's say that that was enough to do whatever you needed to do that day. And you're not allowed to save it. You have to spend it. And maybe you know that you cannot save time. You can't save time. 
You can't surprise the family and bring out some kind of Tupperware box and say, I've been saving up some time. No, you haven't. 24 hours, you got to spend it. You got to spend it. It only lasts that long. Time is the currency of this dimension. And you have to spend it. And you spend it, get this, most people live in time debt. People are tired because they didn't spend enough time sleeping. They didn't give enough time to their family. I owe you time. I know I got to get, we're going to spend some time. We're going to do that. I know. And I need to fix the garage and I need to do what we're in time debt just all over the place. We got to get a grip. We've got to get a grip. So we spend this $24. Let's say that is enough. Say if that were enough and the 24 hours is enough, but if the $24 was enough, what would we spend it on first? Hmm? Tithe. Okay. Well, good. That's going to, it's going to say something. Tell me else. Work. Okay. What, what, if you had 24 bucks, dollars, food. Thank you. What else would you spend it on? Gas. Okay. You know what you're telling me? You're telling me your priorities. That's why I was very excited about food. You only have 24. You can only spend 24. And what are you going to spend it on first? A rubber spear and bubba teeth and no, you better spend it on priorities. And then you can only spend what you have left. And so we have to prioritize. That's the thing. We've got to prioritize how we're going to spend our time. So this is where I want to take you here, here tonight. And we're just going to do this. Man, I wish I had an hour on this. And <laughs> see? See what I mean? Okay. I'm going to give you a number of things here real quick. Priorities. All right. Go with me. And I know you're going to give me the right church answer on this. But where should you spend your first part? What is what should be the biggest priority of how you would spend your time? Come on. God. God. So let me just put it this way. His presence. Now listen to me. Priority. If you don't, and you've heard me say this for 22 years. Listen to me. If you don't put God in first place. Everything else is in the wrong place. Your life will be out of order. And where I come from, if a sign is on something that says out of order, it means it does not work. So if you don't have God in first place, that means, listen to me, not that you dust the big family Bible, but that you somehow spend some time in God's presence. You're going to have to do this. Well, how much do I do that? You work all that out. I'm not going to give you this checklist. But see, what we have to do is spend some time in God's presence. Get this. You have to spend some time with the timeless one. You're going to have to say, I give this time. I spend this time. Here's what most people do. Seriously. Not you. You're the Wednesday crew. But we're running, we're 
all over the house doing stuff, getting ready. Kids, get ready. The cat's out. Oh, no, get the coffee. Get me a Pop-Tart. You know, and you're putting on makeup, driving and everything else. And then we'll just stop by saying, Lord, just help us. Just help us. Okay. And, and we think that's putting God first. Listen, you're going to have to do what it takes. Even if you spend some of the time that you really enjoy sleeping. You may need to reallocate just a little bit of that so that you can get some time that you spend entirely just in his presence. Life will change. Your life will change. And some awesome things take place there. Now, let me go some other things real quick here tonight. You're going to have to spend some time where you pray. Well, how long you work it out. Okay. Pray about what? Pray about your time. Pray about what to, how to, when to. This is going to help you concerning prayer. Here's another thing. Plan. If we're going to steward our time, we're going to have to plan. You've heard the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Here's the way we need to live, folks. Listen to me. Proactive. Do you know how most people live? Reactive. So it's just whatever's happening, you know, whatever's happening, then you just react to that. If you will get more proactive, you will have to be much less reactive to things. So you've got to plan. Let let me go back and say this. You cannot manage what you do not measure. You're going to have to seriously sit down with pencil and paper, look at a clock, figure out, audit your time, figure out how do you use your time? What do you do with your time? You know, part of the reason you're late to work is you did not allot any time to get ready or time to drive. Y'all with me? You, you got to look at all of this and, and adjust these things. But you've got to plan. You've got to measure this out so that you can manage it right. Here's another big one here. You're going to have to prune. What does prune mean? You're going to have to cut some things off. You're going to have to cut some things out. How many of you know that there's probably some stuff that we, that's superfluous. We need to kind of get out of our life. Okay. How many of you know some people that probably have some things that, okay, good. I got better participation there. All right. Good. How many of you ever, how many of you have some things that like to take more time than really you wanted to spend? Be careful of things that waste your time. And let me say this too, and I'll say it as sweet as I can. And be careful of people that waste your time. Don't be a time waster and don't hang out with time wasters. At some point you have to say, you know, I love you. You are so much fun, but you waste so much stinking time. I can't, I, I can hang out with you for 11 minutes. That's all I got. And then you can waste the rest of the day. Y'all with me? You've got to, you've got to learn to say no. Everybody go ahead and practice it. No. Polite, but firm. Polite, but firm. You've got to learn to say no. I have to say no all the time. Sometimes it hurts people's feelings. I just want to know my pastor. I want to go eat with him three days this week. And I have to say no. Y'all with me? 
Because you may want to know me, but if I, if I give in to all of that, I, listen, my life is built on priority blocks. I've got my time set out. I have some cushion. I have some margin. Because I've managed my time. And some things, look at me, are non-negotiable. I can be sick, I can be tired, and have gotten in very late. But guess what my priority is? I will first thing get into his presence. But I'm tired, I'm sick. Rest and recover later. I need the presence of God. And there's certain things with study, there's certain things with family, there's certain things, I just can't move them. You just, you just can't move them. And you've got to get that way. Listen, this is your life. It's about the will of God. You're not, it's not about being rude to people, but sometimes you have to say, you know what? That would be awesome, but I can't do it. You have a good time, but I, I can't. I can't do that. And see, you have to in your life, you have to look at your life, look at your priorities, look at what God wants for you. And you have, you have to establish your priorities in that way. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. Polite, but firm. And, and what does maybe mean? You know, and, and let me give you this one other thing. And then I want to go into a, a, something the Lord put in my heart after I'd finished all of this. Uh, but first, let me give you this. You can give people cues too, and you can do it in a nice way. You know, sometimes the phone rings and you answer it. How many of you are thankful for caller ID though? Okay. It's like. No, that's 45 minutes. I'll let them leave a brief message. Okay. Uh, But you can give people cues. You can say, hey, yeah, I've got just a minute. Or you can call somebody and say, hey, I've got a few minutes. I just wanted to ask you this. I just wanted to tell you that. Sometimes people will catch me, and I don't mean in any rude sense at all, but it will say something to them in a halfway humorous way. They'll say, do you have a minute? And I'll say, I've got half a minute. And see, what, what you do, you, have, you can't just let people suddenly camp out, hold you up, and rob you. Amen. You can't. This is too important because your time is life, and how you spend your time is how you spend your life. Don't let everybody else spend your time. Check caller ID on that. All right. I I will do more on this later, but let me just finish up with this real quick. Throughout the Bible, 2 Chronicles 26, 5, Matthew 6, 33 is all about this, putting God first. Look at me. That's what the book's about. It's about putting God first and understand this. If you put God first, something dynamic will happen in your life. Listen to me. If you put God first, something dynamic will happen in your life. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He said, as long as he sought the Lord, God caused him, made him to prosper, to thrive, to succeed, to go over. And so you've got to put God first. That's what really this is about. And if you get God in the first place, God will be able to help you along the way. Say, you need to get that out of your life. Or you need to do much more with this. Make much of this. Minimize that, but keep that. The Lord will direct you. Come on. The Lord will direct you. The Lord will help you in these things. Now, there are two Greek words, and I'm going to wrap up with this. So he's already there. 
Two Greek words for time. The, the, the first word is chronos, like a chronograph or a chronological order. Chronos. And that just has to do with an amount of time. It has to do with a quantity of time. There's another word for time and it's kahiros. Kahiros. And it means quality of time. And that word for time is always connected. You ready for this? With something of purpose, something of significance, something that came from God, something connected to eternity. Now follow this. Follow this. John 10, 10, second part of the verse, it says this. Jesus said, I came that you may have what? That you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. What did I tell you at the beginning that life is made up of what? Time. Was Jesus just saying, I've come that you can have a lot of time? Jesus was coming to say, you can have the time, your life, that is significant. That's connected to eternity. That's connected to God's purposes for your life. God wants that. I don't want to just go through the day, five minutes at this, six minutes at that, half hour, let's rest. Let's do, it's not about doing that. It's about quality time, not quantity time. You know, I, with my children, I don't just go, okay, I'm trying to be a good dad, son, 20 minutes. What do you want to do? That's chronos. That's just an amount of time. But I'm telling you what, if we will order our time right, this is what's going to be happening. And all the other time that we spend, it's going to be connected to purpose. It's going to be connected to his presence. It's going to be connected to eternity. It truly, truly will count. And that's going to affect your life in incredible ways. Amen? I, I really didn't have enough time tonight to do all this. So we're going to come back on another time and spend some more time on this because this is super, super important. I think you got enough out of this that you can take this. And the, and the big thing is this. Now get this. How you spend your time is how you spend your life. And how you spend anything reveals what you value. And your values are reflected in what your priorities are. Show your priorities by how you use your time. Get a hold of time. Contend for time. Mark time. You designate time because that's where the enemy would love to just claim it, claim it, claim it. And that that which is not spoken for, I'll tell you what, will get spoken for. So you're going to have to take manage this. This is so spiritual, you cannot believe it. You probably didn't get a, boost, a goose bump at all tonight about this. But I'm telling you what, if you tomorrow and tonight before you go to bed will spend some some time with the timeless one. Try spending a little time with the timeless one before you go to sleep rather than Jay Leno or David Letterman or somebody or just online, all your thousands of friends, because I know you have thousands. How about some time with the timeless one? Watch what will start happening based on this. You seek him first, something dynamic, eternal, incredible. Kahiros comes into your life at that point. You're never going to be the same. You'll never be the same. And I cannot tell you how 
firm and stable your steps will be when you've got when you are stewarding your time with God as your number one priority. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this? All right. Good deal.